You're listening to She Well Read. Get ready to be part of a community that is dedicated to helping you become the most well-read version of yourself through reading. On this show, we hope to bring people together through shared experiences and provide a platform that promotes reading as a source of self-care while increasing your knowledge on various topics. Thanks for being here and let's get on to the show. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> now let me clear my throat. <laughs> I'm so Sarah's jamming back here of my beats. Soon you guys will be able to see us and everything will make perfect sense. It'll all be crystal? Crystal? Clara's crystal. Oh, Clara's crystal. Anywho, welcome back to another episode of She Well Read. I'm Alana. I'm Samra. And today, besides of the regular shit show, your regularly scheduled programming, um, I'm going to be sharing my book that I've been reading. I can't even say read because I haven't finished it. But uh, that's going to be later in the episode. Before that, Sam's just going on with you. Well, the kids are going off to school. Oh, not the kitties. The kitties. Oh, my gosh. Wait, my sister. Maya is. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, the kitties are going off to school. All over the world. The kitties are back at school. Oh, my goodness. It's so, like, exciting this time of the year. So, um, I mean, I guess it's just been, like, a little bit of that, a little bit of, like, preparing for this season, a little bit of preparing for cross-dressings, phase two, website coming soon, launch situation, planning the photo shoot. I mean, it's really been just, like, all good things, but... Very much in the heat of the grind season, and Mm -hmm. sometimes you just don't want to be in the season anymore, and you want to be, like, on the reaping the benefits part of the season. (laughs) No, preach, though. But also, you're forgetting one of the most biggest ones. Bitch, you just bought a new car. Ah! Y'all, this is crazy. I I freaking bought a car and I'm honestly shocked at my level of adulting. I've never, I mean, you know, Lana bought a house. So she's like, she like kind of skipped some steps there. I really did. (laughs) But I'm still on like step two. So anyway, I (laughs) I bought a car and I'm fucking in love with her. I named her Chelsea. I saw that on your Instagram story because I was wondering what you were going to name her. I love that. What was the inspiration? Honestly, it was just like what came to me. And I don't know. I guess it's like Chelsea's giving like soccer mom or something to me. Not soccer mom. (laughs) And it's like a little, um, it's like a little station wagon. So I feel like it's giving Chelsea. Okay. Whenever I hear Chelsea, I think Chelsea Handler automatically. Yeah. I mean, when I think about all the Chelsea's in my life, they're like a little ditzy, sturdy, though. (laughs) And um, they get the job done, which I feel like is exactly what my little baby Chelsea is up to. Per. Okay. But also, I'm just so proud of you. And just making these big boss moves, which we love to see. I'm sticking my tongue out because eh, um, <laughs> they thought I couldn't do it, but I did it. First, started from the bottom. Now we here. I know. I'm so lit. Like y'all really don't know. I've been living in the struggle bus, except it was a Honda Civic. Um, <laughs> named Olaf. Named Olaf. And, you know, he's still sitting in the in the parking lot right outside my apartment. No hate to Olaf. We love him. He did his motherfucking thing. He got me through college, some very difficult, rough times. I did think I'd have to sleep in him at some points when I was at my lowest, but never ended up having to. We can, A blessing. We can, 
And we can say that's a blessing. That's um, all glory to God. That's all I have to say about about that situation. And I won't even go into details, but I have so many stories from my life with Olaf. And anyway. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think one of it was not it's it's not funny. Ha ha. But it's never. <laughs> it's never ha ha with Olaf. <laughs> it's always weird. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, But speaking of my sister going back to school, tell me why she said one of her friends uh, was in homeroom or something because they're in high school now and I'm like, I'm old as shit. Oh, uh, yeah. But her teacher, maybe it wasn't her homeroom teacher. I don't remember which teacher she said it was. But she was like, yeah, he was like, Lacey, that's such uh, what he didn't say exotic because that would have made it 20 times worse. He was like, that's such an interesting name, like something along those lines. And he was like, is it like Nigerian or something? And I'm like, what? Lacey? Lacey? Right. That's like the whitest name ever. <laughs> How have you never heard that name before? I'm just like, the only Lacey's I know outside of my sister's friends that's black are white. Yeah. Like, and, it, and not even just that, but Lacey is such a basic, like, not in a bad way, but it's a basic name. Nah, yeah, it's like Chelsea. Like, it's like you, Chelsea. You should just know that name. Right. And so I thought that was hilarious. But she was like, all the rest of the kids and Lacey in the class were just like, oh, like, this was just inappropriate on so many levels. And imagine it's like, welcome back to school. Literally, literally. Like already being one of very few black kids in the school. And then like on top of it, having that type of experience. Oh my gosh, it takes me back. Not no, to good places. No, it doesn't even make sense how how that happens. But um... it's literally that thing of like how some black parents intentionally give their children resume names mm -hmm. so that people don't fuck it up but it's like but they're gonna do it that's the thing gonna do like, it it's really that's when you realize it's not even the name it's just your skin color at the end of the day they just want to single you out and make you feel other and different so your name could be jerry jones and they'll be like jerry where is that from like like is that from nigeria is that west african no mm. <laughs> you hate to see oh my gosh um anywho so what's going on in my life right now i back am... to school yeah that back but to school not for a little bit right you have a little longer no i literally have like next week and then i'll because <laughs> i was looking at my calendar earlier and i was like damn it. literally oh the God. 22nd and i keep putting off this module that my school has me doing which i think is the stupidest thing ever it's a, like an alcohol thing but it's it looks like it's geared towards undergraduate students, but everybody has to do it, even though I'm a grad student, like I'm not exempt. And I have to do this module and it's gonna take like an hour and a half to do. And it's interactive, so I can't just skip through the videos. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. It won't take you an hour and a half. It'll take you like forty-five minutes. It's still forty-five too long. Like I am a grown ass adult. I'm twenty-five years old. I know the dangers and safeties of drinking. Do I follow them all the time? Questionable. But <laughs> but that's up to you. But that's up to me. I'm kidding. What's I'm I got to do with y'all? I'm a commuter. Not even a commuter. You're I'm virtual. Commuter. I'm virtual. I am online. I mean, don't get me wrong. I get the important. Like when I was going through the module, because I started it, but I was like, I can't do this right now. I started it. And I was like, okay, for somebody who's an undergrad, this would probably be really helpful, like coming straight into college. But as for me in my house, it, no, I want to be exempt from this, but I'm not. So whatever, I'm going to get over it. It's, I wish you could like transfer it. <laughs> I too wish I could transfer it, but anyways. I already. Well, damn. Right. 
But uh, other than that, I'm really excited to read Jeanette McCurdy's new book. Because Mm -hmm. I had been seeing about it for months. Because because she had been coming out talking about her experience as a child actor, which most of it, it's like pretty much the same as any other child actor, like Drew Barrymore and all of those peeps. Like Judy Garland, where it's just it's just sad like it's so sad and it's for what it's these parents who like just see the money of their child and not see them as children or or the Olsen twins like there's so many that you could name but I'm really excited to read hers especially from the point of view of like mommy issues because (laughs) same yeah, no, I feel like people don't speak on mommy issues as much as daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always think it's really interesting to learn about, like, how that affects you. Because I see it in some of, like, situations that I've experienced, like, with friends or just, you know, random, like, movies, media in general. But, like, it's just it's going to be crazy because it's always crazy to me when I thought I was a part of something and thought I knew the story and then it gets like told to me at a later time from a different perspective and I have to like reassess everything Mm because I feel like everyone talks about Dan Schneider like now because we know who he is and that he's a child like predator and a lot of these child predators of course work in child entertainment Mm -hmm. easy access it's really disgusting and so scary when you learn about that type of thing and then there's parents who are so desperate for like money that they throw their kid in with the sharks and literally do not care and that's another reason why abortion should be free should be easy to access because when people who don't want kids have kids they're gonna do fucked up shit to their child without them even realizing what they're doing they're gonna put the stuff on their kid and oh my god hearing some of the stuff i've heard I cannot even imagine because people are saying the book is so much more crazy than you even expect. Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to be adding that to our bookshop so that y'all can go and buy it from our bookshop list. I too am buying it from our bookshop list. And it's I'm basically pushing everything else that I've said I'm going to read to the side and putting this up front as soon as it comes in. Uh, just because I'm just that invested. <laughs> also the aesthetic from it's, it's the whole, like, marketing 10 out of 10. Yeah. The pink urn, the pink is, like, you know I was already in. But then with the, like, it's just such a contrast with the title being, I'm glad my mom died. Which, yeah, has caused all this controversy. But another part that I saw today on Twitter, somebody who's read the book, like, did an excerpt or something, and they were talking about Sam and Cat, the show that she did with Ariana Grande on Nick. How oh, yeah, I thought about that. I personally never watched it because I was like, eh, this doesn't look that good. I think I watched an episode or like it was on or some shit. Yeah, yeah, it might have been one of those things where it was just on. We were like at that point phasing out of the child TV shows because yeah. we were older. Mm-hmm. But basically during Sam and Cat, there were times where Ariana Grande like didn't show up to set because she had like other obligations but whenever Jeanette McCurdy would try to do that stuff on iCarly or something like try to go do other opportunities while filming the show they told her no and wouldn't work around her schedule and to me like she was saying there's one episode which obviously I haven't watched it so I don't know there's one episode where Ariana Grande is like stuck in a box the whole episode but they did that so she could go work on something else so it seems like she's there but she's not actually there so she only has to do these quick takes and Jeanette basically does the entire like episode by herself. Um, oh, damn. She's carrying the shit. She was literally carrying the shit. And I think because there was a lot of back and forth on the tweet, like for whoever did the excerpt. And some people were saying, well, it was probably in her contract to be able to do that, to be able to take other opportunities if they arise 
while doing the show which is tea like which is why if you do anything in entertainment read your contract not only you read it get a lawyer to read it and interpret it to you in plain english and if it's something that you think five years from now you're going to regret don't fucking sign i think so many people sign prematurely just because of the hype and like oh my gosh, like this is a now or never type thing when that's not the case. Like you can, you probably could get a better deal somewhere. Have you shopped around? Have you done the waiting game negotiations? And I know it's probably so much deeper than that, but I just cannot imagine signing a bad contract. I just, but when you think about it, like if you're a kid, Right, 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 right. It's a whole different ballpark. It's a whole it's different like ballpark. Your parent has to be the one to sign for you. And if you're like the thing, what I'm thinking is Joan, Ariana's mom, from what I heard, not from what I heard, but what from what I learned, I don't even know how I got on this article or whatever. Oh, it was talking about child stars that grew up wealthy. And Ariana Grande's mom is like, she works in science. Like she works for like yeah. NASA or some shit. Like she's in that world. So I'm assuming she's like well educated, probably knows how these things go down. And she had an older brother who also tried to be like in the entertainment industry and, and is, but Yeah. So maybe like they just had a better understanding of right, like you were saying, like getting a lawyer so you can you know, do everything you want to do and you aren't locked into this one thing versus like someone whose parent is just like, oh my God, like I have to get this contract and signs whatever. Like, yeah, not concerned about shopping around is yeah. like, we need food on the table tomorrow. So yeah. yeah, we need, we can't, we're not like waiting. We're not shop. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I was thinking more from the perspective, not a child actress because everything you said is valid, but like, I'm thinking like the Normanis or the like older people like Meg or I don't know who's who Chloe's under either but 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 it might be a personal choice but I feel like Normani has a terrible contract and Meg has said that she had a bad contract starting out or even let's throw it back to Cray Sean Gucci Gucci Louis Louis Fendi Fendi Prada like she owed Sony six hundred thousand dollars like how bad contract or even even Khalees which that's a whole other thing. I feel like I'm on both sides of the conversation with that one, too. Me, too. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one. But, but let's but talk I about mean, it. But, it, like, at this point, I feel like if you're someone who wants to go into the entertainment industry and you're not a child, <laughs> there are so many instances of people in every generation getting fucked over by a contract. How are you not? Like crossing your T's, dotting your I's when it comes to signing the papers. Right. I think, and the other thing too that I, you have to think about, put into consideration some people don't come from backgrounds where they would know or have the knowledge to do that. Like they just see this and they're like, well, this is it. But to me, it's like if you're going into any industry as your career, like you just have to research. Otherwise That's, you're but you had get someone t- over. But you had someone tell you that. Not everybody who's somebody who would tell them that or be in their corner to learn that. It, and it's not the case for everybody. I just think there's some people who genuinely just do not know. I mean, it's like I know that you don't it's like it's tough. It's tough, but it's also a part of me is like you're an adult and you're consenting. That's true, but also think about it. Being a, technically an adult is 18. Do you think you've had the knowledge at 18 that you do now in like no. a situation like that? Because that's no. when they sign most of these people is when they're like mm. early 20s, 18, straight that's out true. the game. Yeah. You're not talking about yeah. signing 30-year-olds. <laughs> Period, though. In this specific conversation is what I'm saying. No, no, that's true, though. You're right, because usually they prey on the young the young ones. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like they have people in their corner. Like Meg, I'm pretty sure when she signed, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure when she signed her contract, she was in her early 20s. Both of her parents were deceased, not in her life. 
like you're depending on these other people that you mm. hired to have your best interest, mm. but might not necessarily, they may have your best interest, but they might not know either. Right. That's so true. Well, damn. So I feel like it's just like we're saying, but we're both saying there's so many nuances in it, but mm. overall it's so unfortunate for those who do end up in those situations where they're in a bad contract and they can't get out of it. Okay, but what do you think about the Khalees situation? Oh, okay. And this is not just because I'm Bayhive. Okay. Let, let me say that out the gate. Okay. How I feel. As I listen to the song with and without the sample in it, I like I could tell the difference, but not by a lot. Not by a lot. Once I heard it, though, I was like, damn, I wish you hadn't said nothing, Khalees. Because I, I really know. liked it. Yes. It like, added another layer, and it just mm-hmm. sounded so, so good. Right. My other point is that technically she does not own it. Like, Pharrell owned it, which, yes, it is kind of that thing of like, hey, by the way, we're going to be using this. But... They don't owe you that because you don't own it. I know. I know. I wanted to be mad at Beyonce so bad. And I love Beyonce. But I was like, you came up with Khalees. You knew it was her song and you knew the drama that went down. Mm-hmm. So why are you out here not giving her a quick phone call or text? Like, Right. But my thing with that, too, is like, are y'all cool like that enough to do that? No, right. And ultimately, what I kind of came to is like, this is to me, like us blaming the other woman Mm -hmm. for working with Pharrell. When really, my anger at this point is towards Pharrell, the Neptunes themselves. Right. Because that's super shady behavior that they did to Khalees. Like, they're the ones that brought her on and signed her. And they did the weird, creepy thing where they preyed on her as a young star. They saw how much talent she had. We're like, okay, let me, let's me let get in while we can. Tell mm-hmm. her, They told her straight up, we're going to split this three ways. The album that we worked on together. And then they fucked her over. And she was right. like 18 and they were older and they knew the industry. So to me, that's the messed up part. When I got down to the technical part of it, I was like, oh yeah, Beyonce really, she didn't have to text her. Like it would have been nice, like a courtesy. But like you said, like if they're not cool, like maybe they had some beef back in the day. Like she doesn't owe Kalisa text because she you're doesn't. right. Khalees don't own that shit. She did not have to get her approval. It's just like a nice. And then I learned that Beyonce still credited her. That's the other thing. Because that's when Khalees came out and started all of this shit. Was when she learned she got credited from like a, like a news source or whatever. Like nobody told. Like she wasn't told. She was. Here's the thing. Beyonce didn't have to do that because it wasn't her fucking shit. After I learned that, I was like, oh, so Beyonce really, like, did all this she She could. really did all that she could. That was the courtesy call. It was yeah. like, I didn't even have to include you in the credits on this, but I'm going to. Yeah, because, I was like, you're a real one for that. Right, and Beyonce. I think it's that thing of what I assume she was trying to do was don't put another Black woman down. Like, because... Having your name on, no matter what you feel about Beyonce, having your name attached to something related to Beyonce is huge. Which I know it doesn't need to be that thing of like idolizing her or anything like that. I'm not even speaking from that perspective. I'm speaking of in terms of your career. Mm -hmm. Like that's a huge career resume booster. You know what I mean? Like I was on Beyonce's shit. Right. And I was an influence to this. Right. Um, like because she did she was in the lane that Beyonce like entered into with this album. So I thought that it was cool that Beyonce like credited her in that way. Mm-hmm. But then Khalees did what she did, which was basically kind of like shit talk Beyonce and the Neptunes on social media. Mm-hmm. Which 
is never how to handle a situation. I've done it. I've learned. <laughs> she said, I know. It's, I've done it several times, and every single time, it's ended in a disaster of some sort. Not maybe like a huge disaster. I'm not like a huge star. Like, it's not the end of my career, but like... I'm just so shook when people do that still to this day. Because how long have we had social media? When does that ever work? Like, why not talk to your lawyer about it? Why not talk to... Because she could have talked to her lawyer because her lawyer could do shit. That part. It's that part. It's that part. Because you have no actual, like credibility like on your side factually so you just go on and like you know spout the anger on socials because people have no reference of like this whole entire like long evolution dramatic story so they're just like oh i'm taking your side which is what i did when i watched it because i was like yeah that's messed up what the fuck and then the more i learned about it the more i was like oh Right. That's why I was like, let me look. Because I never want to be one of those people who is like, Beyonce can do no wrong. She can. She's human. Right. But it's, I, I'm also about the redemption. Like, what did you do to come back from that? Uh, but I this instance, with Khalees. Like, I love Khalees, but like, I don't think she handled that very well. Like, what she could have done was been like, thank you, Beyonce, for including me on, on this, even though I know you didn't have to, because technically I don't own my rights. But let's talk about why I don't own my rights to this. And then shit talk Pharrell, of all things. If that, like, if she was going to take it to social media like she did and do what she did, I would have respected it a lot more if she would have done it like that. I agree. And I think that it would have done more actual damage if that was the intention. Mm -hmm. Right. Because like this is like a blip on Pharrell's radar. Like he just continued moving on with his life. I mean, as he should, like, you know, what what else are you going to do? And now I know. So, I mean, in that sense, like I'm glad she felt comfortable to to vent because she put me onto a whole thing that I didn't even know about and I loved the Neptune so just like on every side I was torn Mm -hmm. um but anyway I'm glad I learned and got educated in like this piece of musical history (laughs) that's what it was but also I just didn't like how she also was like Beyonce's been copying me and like I think she at one point said like (laughs) Beyonce did kind of copy her she was like Rihanna was copying here's my thing the difference between copying and just having similar sounds. Let's talk about it. Well, not not really, because that could go into a whole thing. If we don't have time for that. But yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. I mean, it's a whole all, nother conversation. All art is a little bit like copy Right. But there's like this phrase that Khalees used that Beyonce started to use like five, six years later. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like when a smaller artist does something, a bigger artist can come in that's more mainstream, do the same thing. And then everyone like credits them for it. Right. But at that point, it's like, is that her fault? No. That's that's what it comes down to for me. It's like, okay, but... Is there That's anyone true. at real fault here? That's it's true. Like, no, because you got inspired by somebody mm-hmm. and that person was inspired by somebody. Like, right. Yeah, all like of nobody what we owns an idea, really. Right. We all reduce, reuse, and recycle phrases and conversations and like the amount of times, period. Like, and that's like the city girl saying anybody else who says period in their songs is copying us. Well, period, though. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like... No, it is. It is. And, and honestly, yeah, like, the video is giving, like, hater a little bit. Yeah, it is. Because also, you should never use your platform, especially as a black woman, to put down another black woman. That's like, what I didn't fuck with you. That's the root of it all. Because ultimately, you're wrong. Right. And it's this whole conversation of like we were we were talking about yesterday of uh, supporting and uplifting black spaces. And so it's like when shit like that happens. Yeah. 
you hate to see it because yeah it's like oh we're supposed to be united which i get sometimes it's like okay nah, we're not riding with that one but like in that instance i was like is this the hill you want to die on Right. Can is we it just worth celebrate it? Beyonce right now? This is her moment. Renaissance. Uh, but then, uh, because I'm sure when people saw Khalees on the on the credits, they were like, "Oh, let me go listen to some Khalees." You know what I mean? Like, there's that trickle down effect that no naturally fear, yeah. happens. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know everything that's going on with this, not the shade room. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? The Breakfast Club. Oh. where like things are evolving there and like not supporting like people aren't supporting these black spaces and black news black media when it's like we ask for this and then don't go support it that is a problem that i don't know how we're going to fix in the black community but somebody needs to address it on like a bigger scale yeah honestly but i feel like so much of it is just like doing your part mm-hmm. and making it cool to support black artists who haven't already blown up because I feel like that's really what it is is like once it's popping and up and you know it's got somebody's stamp of approval that everybody cares about Mm -hmm. then everyone can rally behind them but like until then nobody's about to drop a dime on you because who are you literally who are you that's like uh, the artist that I love love chica um Mm. i love her music she's i think she's from montgomery and like she's so dope but it's also that thing that they tackle on that new show rap shit about how like if you're not sex it's it's a very thin line it's like if you're not sexualized like if you're not doing the sexier you know elements to your Mm. art Mm -hmm. as a woman you're not as recognized but it's it's true. I mean, but let's it's talk about proven. it. It's versus Beyonce, right? Or even like Tori Kelly, like oh. like I'm just thinking of all of these, in which they do they do get their props and their respect, but not to the level that I think they deserve. Yeah, yeah, it's really sad out here. But ultimately, it's like we are the consumers. We are the consumers, right? Exactly. That was my whole point. It's like, a reflection of who we are. Mm-hmm. It really is. So, basically, what we're telling y'all is put your money where your mouth is. What speaking of put your money where your mouth is, uh, we got t-shirts, we got a Patreon coming. So if you fuck with us, hit, hit up all those platforms when they're available. <laughs> Yes, and stay tuned for Bleach Dyed Shirts, special edition. Special edition. You're going to see a post about that soon. But anywho, because again, I did not do it at the top of the episode. Uh, Follow us on all social medias, at SheWallRed. Remember the tit, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. We have Facebook. We don't really get on there, but you can follow us there too. Uh, The YouTube is coming. I already mentioned the future Patreon that's coming. Merch is available. New merch will become available. And yeah, so let's get into the episode. So today, I have been reading Where the Crawdads Sing. And I'm like maybe a third of the way into it. And so far, I'm enjoying it. It's really sad and depressing at the beginning, though. I must say, like... I hate a sad and depressing book. Like, it's so hard for me to get invested. I think what... I I think what gets me invested is because I want to know what happens. And I think that's the thing about books. Even if you're if it's not something up your alley, you're like, but what happened? <laughs> like, what comes next? Do you ever uh, do the thing where you read, like, the last chapter? I do the thing of reading the last page, but I've never, I haven't done the thing of reading the last chapter because I did it one time and it ruined the whole book and I was very upset. No, it does ruin it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't suggest <laughs> it, but sometimes if a book is really boring and I'm like, I can't do it, I'll just do that. Skip and read the last chapter. <laughs> and if it's good, then I'm like, wait, okay, at least there's something back. to hope for. Because I just okay. don't want to read a whole book and the whole entire thing is a disappointment. Okay, that's tea. I can get down with that. Um, But basically what this book is about, if you have not seen all of the hype around it, um, it's about this girl. Her name is Kai. Yes, Kaya. 
and she lives basically in like this marshland area we're in like the early well i think late 1950s 1960s so there's like racism when it's not racism but like extreme extreme racism uh there's still segregation Mm -hmm. and she's even more segregated against because like the marshlands is like basically like white trash um ah yeah and it just go there's also a murder and it's kind of murder mystery and it kind of flip backs from her early childhood and her upbringing to like the murder in like real time so it flash it's a bunch of flashbacks like every few chapters is a flashback but it all like goes together if that mm. makes sense i hate that shit right because i'll get fi- finished reading a chapter about the murder and then it flashbacks to her childhood and i'm like fuck right, like <laughs> y'all always interrupt the good part <laughs> but then it keeps me reading so anywho but the tea, and I want to watch the movie once I'm finished with the book, but the tea is about the author. Let's get into that tea. Wait, so the really? author, yes, the author is Delia Owens. This has recently been a thing. I saw a whole TikTok on it um, about some things in her past. And there oh. was actually an article that Caitlin, uh, one of our bookstagrammers, yes, that she posted the article because she just finished reading it on her instagram and i was reading tea um, and it's literally the title of the article is where the crowd at sing author wanted for questioning in a murder she's a murderer she's not a murderer so here's a tea and i'll link this uh at, in the episode description for anybody who wants to read this basically her and her now ex-husband used to live in zambia and they were basically trying to promote people like to not be poachers and try to like stop the poachers of I think elephants um sounds about right for Zambia mm -hmm. and it's giving a lot of white savior to Loki which again not surprised okay Uh, okay but apparently there was this whole squad of people that her husband gathered that would try to like fuck with poachers basically but (sighs) one of them ended up murdering the poacher and like the way they were able to get rid of like evidence was having the animals eat them <gasps> right oh, it, it gets dark that needs to be the story right. can she write like a another book well they that? well they deny all of it oh. so we I'm don't really know it. <laughs> yeah somebody else probably is going that's to a great it. premise for a book it is a great premise for a book like did they or did they not do it uh, because on the one hand, like, part of me was like, well, they are poachers. But then the other part of me, but it's like, <laughs> but they don't deserve to die. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. that thing of like, yeah, they're a murderer, but they don't deserve to die. Like, that's not, I feel like that's just not up to us. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. Like I somebody's agree. life? Yeah. Um, because you're just as bad as the poacher at that point. At you're not even point. a poacher. You're like a murderer. Which, yeah, it's just all bad. It's just all bad. So, anywho, there's a lot of controversy with that. And, um, damn. Yeah. So, isn't the book racist or something? I heard about like they don't let it into schools or something like that. Is that true? I don't know the factualness behind that, but. <laughs> But it does use, like, language of the time, though. So, like, you hear the hard R. Uh, well, not here. You see the hard R. Ah. Which is, I think it's. Why. I think it's. But I think it's that thing of separating art and artist kind. Not really. But just, like, in the in the time that this book is set in, it makes sense. So, if yeah. that's, like the part people are mad about i don't necessarily agree uh, with it okay. because it makes sense to the context of the art mm-hmm. but if she as a person in real life and i haven't done any research on this or seen any claims or anything is kind of racist then that's different yeah that would be really awkward right you know who it's really awkward for in my opinion reese witherspoon yeah, I was like, Reese, how did you not do your research here? Right, I'm like, controversy? I would have triple, quadruple checked that shit. 
Because, like, it literally has her book club stamp on it, and her production studios made the movie. It's not the greatest look. Mm. Especially Reese is never in drama, either. She is a Reese mind my business witherspoon. Mm-hmm. That we know of. I mean, I feel like this one, she probably wasn't even her fault, but you hate to see it. Yeah, it was the ball was dropped though. But they really made the whole movie. So <laughs> which that's people have to release it. Which some people have been saying the movie's not even that good, which is why as soon as I finish the book, I'm going to watch the movie. That's embarrassing too. At the end of the day, if it wasn't even that good of a movie. Like there was so much hype around it, which I was honestly surprised. Because I've seen so many people read the book and be like, it's so good, it's so good, it's so good. Then to flop the movie like that. Because I remember the hype around Taylor Swift's new song that she made for the movie. I feel like the that song got more hype than the actual movie. That's T. So anywho, I'm like I said, I'm a third of the way into it. I will keep y'all posted on my thoughts. Okay, we're gonna cut. To one of my favorite clips from the show. So we will see y'all after that. Peace. No. Okay. So my like next point really was like 39. Okay. Which I guess kind of goes back to like middle school dating, all of this stuff. So I was just really relating to um, Elaine when she was talking about her hair journey um and how yeah like how she you could tell where she was at like mentally like kind of where she was in her evolution of finding herself through Mm. like what her hair was looking like at the time yes absolutely I'm trying to find I guess where, yes, if you ever wonder how a teenage girl feels about herself, where she is in life, who she's trying to be, just look at where, just look at what is going on with her hair, especially if she has curly hair. (laughs) And I just totally felt that, you know, I I was waiting when I read that part. I was like, I'm just going to let Sam's go on it. Just go at it because I feel like you can definitely relate because I've watched your hair journey. Right. I mean, and we can take it all the way back to like elementary school. Like I used to wear it down and it was really short because my aunt had just cut, like took me to the hair salon. Like I had an issue when it came to detangling my hair because I just didn't know how to care for it. So that was always the big issue is that I like my mom just did not teach me how to do my hair. Right. So um, it was really short, but I used to wear it down and would get compliments on it. And like, I didn't think it was cute because it was so short. This is when I was like nine. So I was in the fourth grade at a new school and I was like, so sad. My hair was like basically like, kind of the length it is now. Um, And so (laughs) after it grew a little bit, I immediately put it in a bun and I left it in a bun when I tell you like for six years, Alana. No, I totally can relate to the bun life because that's what I started to do when my hair started to grow back out because I didn't know what to do with it, especially because I have permed hair like I didn't like when like those first few weeks of having my hair like straight fresh perm like after that first wash it was like what do I do with this like I don't know how to manage this and like Mm -hmm. it still lingers with me now a little bit but now it's just laziness and I just throw it up in a bun Mm -hmm. Um, but I've learned other styles that I can do yeah in between perms that I'm like okay I can I don't have to wear a bun or a ponytail every day most of the time I just choose to because it's quick and easy. And especially these days, I'm not going anywhere. So who am I trying to impress? <laughs> right. The Zoom meeting. Are you going to, you know, show out for <laughs> your living right. room type thing? No. Yeah. When you don't know what to do with your hair, the easiest thing is to just throw it into like a ponytail, a bun, some type of updo. And for me, I think a lot of that was me trying to fit into like a whitewash society. Mm. 
and making myself smaller because honestly, I felt that my hair was too big when it was down and not wet, which she talks about how (laughs) on picture day, she would go and soak her hair in the sink like every 30 minutes just to keep it like, (laughs) like curly and bouncy. Curly and bouncy. That made me think about like, I remember like when I realized when you swim and your hair got wet, like it would get like really, really straight for me. And it would have like some curls, but like it would be straight for the most part. And so I was like, oh my gosh, all I have to do is keep dunking my head when I'm swimming and it'll be straight and I don't have to straighten it, you know, not knowing. Yeah. And then hours later, it's like a mess. No, on God. Yeah. And then I would go (laughs) detangle it. So it was just, (laughs) right. Um, you know, a terrible situation, but. Right. That's for for so many years. I just wanted to be bald so badly because I was like, I don't feel like dealing with what's what's on top of my head. Oh, my dad would stay telling me to just shave my hair off just like (laughs) for for the sake of his water bill because (laughs) just a lot of hair. just a lot of freaking hair to wash on wash day. And also, you know, the products were not good at that time she talks about the pink lotion and I can totally relate going to Walmart picking up the pink lotion in the pink bottle putting that all in your hair like it's moisturizing it but it's not you know it's just a bunch of chemicals and sulfates and I don't know I don't know all the hair things but no, but yeah, th- those are like, I feel like the main ones. And then now it's like, there's so many different options and it's really just all about finding what works for your hair. But like, for the most part, you can't miss except, I mean, you know, there's still those brands where it's like, no, don't use that. But there's right. more options, I feel. Yeah, I think that they're a lot more focused on the consumers now, like on our actual, on our hair and just the way that natural hair has products have been embraced and target like big big name retailers out here way more accessible we don't have to go to like the beauty supply store if we don't want to you know we can go wherever and get products for our hair right so yeah just a lack of representation a lack of knowledge all of that played into me putting my hair in a bun for so long And I remember one day being singled out by my teacher and he thought it was for religious reasons. And I was like, no, like he thought I was Muslim or something. I was like, no, I just wear my hair like this. And it was just like the most awkward thing because he called me out in front of class and I just was like, yeah, no. (laughs) And he had to be like, oh, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah. Was he... Yes, he was white. Oh, you hate to see it. Yeah, he was a good old Southern boy. He was a history teacher. So you know how they be like those coaches. And I was about to say the coach. <laughs> yeah, gotta love him. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, thinking back to his class, like so many awkward things were said. But that was Jeez. one of the most awkward for me. <laughs> Yeah, for I I can't even imagine like it's oh my gosh a teacher no it's been, but ugh, that the whole that is issue. how much I wore my hair in a bun like I would never like people would ask me to take it out and I would take my hair out and like people would just touch my hair like it was Ooh, weird not. weird stuff going on in Hoover High School I can't lie but you know it's all stuff that I was allowing you know mm-hmm. um, because but I, it's. You did. I was. About to, you were just. About I to didn't say know you better. Know. I didn't know better. Right. Like Solange right. had not released "Don't Touch My Hair." I didn't know that. Like it didn't really necessarily bug me. Like it wasn't making my hair frizzier because like it was already like it was going in a bun anyway. Like I was like, right, touch it if you want. And it's not like um, it didn't necessarily bother me. So I was like, yeah, like if you want to touch it i was very laissez-faire like i still am that way i'm still that person no you definitely are but i was gonna say it's it's not like you know some girls pull their hair out and it's like luscious and long and they can swing it and it's flowing in the wind it's like our hair it's like you take it out it's staying when in whatever position you just had it in it's not moving unless you move it right right that's why i would only take it out like after a wash day so it would be but that goes back to the whole wet hair thing and you know it's just when it was dry, I didn't like it. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. It was so much bigger. It looked like like it was triangular. The cut was not right. Things were not things were not coming together. So because of that, I didn't learn to love my hair and mm-hmm. ended up putting a relaxer in it like my senior year of high school because I was just, you know, wanted to be white syndrome. Like I right. wanted my hair to be easy. I wanted to just wake up and it be manageable. And so I was, I guess, kind of at a breaking point And I was just like, this is what I want. I know it's going to mess my hair up. Like my mom had begged me not to do it for so long. And she was finally like, you're old enough. Like if you want to really do it, like just do it. <laughs> so she right. went with me to go do it. And, you know, at the time it made me really happy looking back. It was, you know, not the best decision, but at the time it made me happy. And like, that's what matters at the end of the day. Yeah. And like, it brings me back because like, I, I talk about how my hair was messed up after a bad relaxer and I had to basically start that journey all over. And I wish my mom or someone would have been like, let's try going natural for you because everyone always talks about how, like when I was younger, how like pretty my natural hair was. And I was like, okay, then why we did we slap another relaxer in it when the, okay, that doesn't make sense, but all right. And it's so I not, just got so easier. Like it's just, easier. it's easier. Yeah. And like, Obviously, like, I'm not going to put a relaxer in my kid's hair unless, like you, unless that's that's their choice if they want to do it. But I'm not going to be the one to do it. And, you know, my sisters talk about it all the time, the argument of, well, they're going to see you doing it. And I was like, see, it's different. Like, one, one of these days, I might go natural. When that day will be, I don't know. But mm-hmm. me, personally, it works. for Like, I, I can make it work. My hair is still healthy. It's still growing. Like, it's fine. It's just every couple months I go and get a relaxer. And then in the in-between time, I feel like it's all about your hair, like how you take care of your hair. Because I don't put heat in it. Like, I don't even blow dry it. I air dry it. I braid it up. And then I take the braids out, like, the next morning. And it's, like, wavy and kind of curly. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and I just moisturize it in between. So it's, like, those two weeks, yeah, my hair's straight, but... Other than like after that first wash, like we're back, we're back to our regularly scheduled programming. So <laughs> mood, <laughs> yeah. So with my bonnet know. on twenty four seven, bro. Yes, work from <laughs> home. A work from home mood. <laughs> right, right. And so she talks about, and we back. So hey. be sh- <laughs> hello. Nice to see you there. Is it here. Hello. Still here? Still here. Me too. Um, Go tune in to that episode. Uh, I'll have the name linked in the description. And next week, it's the last one before the season drops. Hey! Oh, my God. So we pop in, like, champagne or something? We chop in champagne like we want a championship brand. Yeah! Actually, I'm not drinking, so. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're on a break. You're on a break. We were on a break. Okay. But until next time, bye. Bye, y'all.